This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion, addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at standupforthetruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you so much for tuning in to Stand Up For The Truth. Um, what a blessing. Thank you for your prayers. I actually preached yesterday at a church in Sturgeon Bay, Wisconsin, and my voice is today, this morning, better than it's been in about three weeks. So thank you for your prayers. Uh, it went very well, and I'm um, just blessed to be able to get out and try to get back to some some normalcy. Um, but uh, what a blessing. So we have a very important guest today, Pastor Dan Fisher. We're going to talk about liberty pastors. We're going to talk about uh, will pastors engage, and is it too late at this point to get more church leaders across the nation involved in, in what's going on and to be bold leaders of their congregations? That's going to be part of the topic today. Uh, we'll also touch on Afghanistan. We're going to talk about some other things. But before I open in prayer, Dr. Lee Merritt is our guest tomorrow on the podcast. And if you have a question for her, anything about um, vaccines, anything about treatments, anything about hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin, uh, for if you have a question for Dr. Lee Merritt, send it to me as soon as possible. Comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Dot com And uh, it's for Dr. Lee Merritt tomorrow. Father in heaven, thank you for another day. Thank you for your faithfulness and for giving us purpose and meaning and a ministry of reconciliation and to preach the gospel, to speak the truth in love every day that we wake up and are alive. We thank you that in Christ we have a mission and we have a purpose and you energize us by your Holy Spirit. You empower us. You give us everything we need for life and for godliness. We thank you so much for every believer listening right now, the remnant of true Bible-believing Christians. We pray for more. We pray that you would allow us to get in contact with other like-minded believers who are unashamed of the gospel and who would support the Christian worldview and influence our culture for Christ and righteousness. Father, thank you for this hour. We lift it up to you. We pray that Christ would be praised. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor Dan Fisher is back with us. You just heard him last week, a little segment from the uh, Oklahoma Liberty Pastors Conference. Of course, he's been in the ministry for over 45 years, currently the co-pastor with another troublemaker at uh, Fairview Baptist Church in Edmond, Oklahoma, uh, Pastor Paul Blair, one of our brothers in Christ. And uh, he also, Dan Fisher, also served two terms in the Oklahoma legislature. So he not he's a man of his word. He's not just preaching it. He's also trying to get involved and make a difference. And he also travels the country presenting, bringing back the Black Robe Regiment. We also want to mention his recent book that's very important and applicable to what's going on today, and especially what happened last year. It's called Romans uh, on Romans 13. It's called Unlimited Submission. Pastor Dan Fisher, welcome back to Stand Up for the Truth, brother. David, thank you for having me. It's good to be back with you guys. Yes, uh, what a blessing to have you on again. Uh, you didn't even realize that you had your clip uh, aired last week, uh, what we recorded down there in in Edmond. Um, what a blessing that event was. But uh, And we'll get to that. We want to talk about the upcoming Texas Liberty Pastors Conference. But before we do that, um, you and Pastor Paul sent out an email last week, a blast um, from Reclaiming America for Christ. And you decided to work with the Nazarene Fund in an effort to raise yeah. money to serve as, to save as many uh, Christians, believers in Afghanistan. And I know this is uh, founded by Glenn Beck. Some people might have a problem with Glenn Beck being a Mormon, but most of us would say we need to put our money where our mouth is and help, help save people over there because the government certainly is not going to do it. And I want to give that website again, the NazareneFund.org. So just share a little bit about that, how you and Paul got, came to that conclusion, were um, involved with that and sending that out because this headline says um, $22 million was raised in two days 
to rescue Christians trapped in Afghanistan. In Afghanistan. So, uh, Dan, just just share your heart and whatever you'd like to communicate with our audience on that. Sure, sure, David. And and hey, I'm glad to hear that you're feeling better, buddy. I I didn't know that you'd been uh, sick with COVID over the last few days, but you sound great. I'm Thank glad you. you're back to uh, good health. Yeah, praise God, getting there. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Paul and I, you know. Here's the deal. We we all live in in uh, a representative republic, and uh, there's obviously different beliefs that people have. And uh, you know, when I purchase my gasoline at a service station, I don't go in and ask first if the owner is a born again Christian. Uh, <laughs> and when I buy groceries, you know, I don't insist that I can only buy uh, groceries from a, an orthodox born again Christian. Uh, we we uh, decided long ago that we would work with any liberty-loving person as long as they were, you know, a decent individual, obviously. We don't want to work with somebody that's a scoundrel. Uh, yeah, we don't agree with uh, Glenn's uh, theological position, but in trying to rescue Christians in Afghanistan, uh, we don't feel like we're compromising our doctrinal beliefs at all. Now, uh, I might have a problem having Glenn come, quote, preach in our church yeah. <laughs> or might have a problem going and preaching in his church. But as far as working together with Glenn on liberty uh, uh, endeavors, man, we're all there. Paul and I have both been on Glenn's programs numerous times, and so we see Glenn as an ally. It's kind of like this. If we were on a battlefield mm-hmm. and I jumped into a foxhole with a guy my first question would not be, are you a born-again Christian? I'd get around to that. My first question would be, can you shoot? That would be my first question <laughs> that I would have, you know, for a guy. And so, yeah, I, I believe that Glenn's doing a good work in trying to salvage these Christians out of there. And by the way, he's raised now over $24 million. He's, uh, wow. he's gone way beyond the goal. And the reason why that's important is because, David, as you know, and I'm sure your listeners do, it costs thousands and thousands of dollars for every person that they uh, fly out of there. It's just, you know, it's incredibly expensive. And so uh, as much money as he can raise, uh, it's just wonderful. And so our church partnered with him. And, uh, yeah, I've, I've spoken at events where, uh, where Glenn was one of the speakers. And so, yeah, I, you know, uh, Certainly, I, I have issues with Mormonism right. and would love to talk with Glenn about his own personal relationship with the Lord. But anyway, yes, yeah, and I would encourage your listeners to jump in and help. Man, this is this is a time when you know all, all hands on deck. These, these poor people are stranded because of the ignorant way, yep. the heartless way in which we're pulling out of Afghanistan. And so we left those people stranded, and it's terrible. It is. It's just unbelievable, I guess. It, sh- we, it shouldn't surprise us. Um, but what do you think about this? This is a little bit off topic, but it kind of has to do with the vaccine passports and, and what many of us would say medical tyranny. Um, do you think that the media, now this is speculation, I know, uh, the media is using what's going on in Afghanistan to distract from the government trying to force vaccines on people from the children in public schools to employees at certain companies to college students returning uh, in the fall. What are your thoughts on that? Because often the, you know, we know that the left uses a smokescreen. They have a crisis. Yeah. They want to pursue an agenda. So they create another crisis so they can keep on moving in whatever direction they're going. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Well, I, I think, first of all, the Democrat party and the, uh, the, the main news media uh, or mainstream media, that they are in cahoots, and they are probably the best propagandists I've ever seen. Mm. Uh, I, I think they put the Nazis to shame and yeah. everybody else. Th- these guys are just simply unbelievable. And, you know, when Rahm Emanuel made the statement, never let a good crisis go to waste, I, I think he was just clearly articulating the way these people work. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know whether or not they really care about the plight of these Afghanis. I'm sure they probably do. But, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, I have been surprised that they've really come down pretty hard on Biden and his administration in some ways. Uh, not nearly as hard as they should, obviously. But, uh, yeah, David, I think that these people are all about 
control. They're all about Marxism. Mm -hmm. And you remember with Marxism, it's the issue's never the issue. Amen. The issue is the revolution. <laughs> the issue is always the revolution. The, the whatever issue they're they're uh, you know talking about at the time that that's just an, a, a means to an end, and the end for them is is Marxism and control. Now, why they are so driven to control other people, I, I don't really quite get. I I think it's just evil. Yes, and it's obvious that their their main target is Christianity. They hate the gospel. They they want to silence people like you and me, and so they'll use any diversion that they can. As far as the vaccine passports, I believe it's a Marxist uh, 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 technique to control us. Mm -hmm. it, it's clearly unconstitutional. I think that that uh, liberty loving people, number one, and secondly, Christians ought to stand up against it. Uh, I refuse. To, to get a vaccine, not because I don't necessarily believe that the, that, and it's not even a vaccine, as you know, but I, I refuse to get the shot, not because I think it's totally bogus. I refuse to get it because they're telling me I have to. I am just not going to knuckle under and, and lay myself down so they can put the heel of their jackboot on my, my throat. Mm. I'm just not going to do it. So, yeah, these guys use every diversionary tactic they can, and I have no doubt that some of them are probably motivated by by that. Yeah, amen. I agree with you 100%. It's it's fascinating, Dan, that you said the issue is never the issue. The issue is the revolution. That's that was part of my message yesterday trying to communicate to people oh, really? to be discerning about what's going on in the country and around the world because they used in the last couple of years we've seen it. In fact, it's a it's demonic. It's it's this antichrist spirit of the age that is underlying driving all of this. They've used the political division the angst against President Trump. They used COVID-19. They used the Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation riots yeah. and everything else. And now yeah. they're using vaccine passports. So the issue is never the issue. The issue is the revolution. And more people are, more Christians are starting to understand what that means in terms of our religious freedom, our society, yeah. and how the left is not going to stop just because they're not no. getting progress in every area. I mean, there's there's constantly trying to push legislation yeah. on certain things, and as you know, because you were in government for was it two terms? Yeah, yeah, sure. You got a little yeah. inside uh, inside scoop on what well, was going on. Yeah, David, these these guys never rest, and there's a big difference between leftists and conservatives. Mm. We conservatives are very goal oriented and very issue and 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 philosophical position uh, 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 motivated. And when we win a victory, we all do high fives and go home yeah. and start living our lives again. Those people, win or lose, are right back to the strategy yep. because they they are motivated motivated by something very very different. And the, these guys never ever stop. And, and you're talking about the diversionary tactics. See, that's that's what a critical theory is. And if you add to that critical race theory, mm -hmm. the the whole idea that you 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 you, you get people divided in whatever way that you can, whether it's the color of their skin or their their economic uh, position in life or what they believe about uh, religion or whatever it is. You just use anything that you can do to get people to hate one another, and that's why critical race theory is so damaging in our schools it's it's not that we're talking about the, the struggles with different skin color and all that. The problem is they use that to divide people yes. and make us hate each other. And yep. and that's the that's the whole critical theory approach, which is a Marxist technique. Yes, it's all about division. Christianity right. would unite us under our yep. biblical worldview. Marxism would divide us into groups, That's whether right. that be the LGBTQ, sexual orientation, gender, whether yeah. that be race, whether that be income level, and that's their whole goal, divide and conquer. Hey, um, this is interesting because um, you guys are doing another conference, and that's coming up next month, and I wanted to talk a little bit about that because it's very important to still try to get pastors involved here aware of what's going on, informed, so that they can teach and equip their congregations. So let's uh, briefly transition, Dan, to the September 12th okay. through the 15th um, conference at the Woodlands Resort in 
uh, Woodlands or Houston. It's right by Houston, Texas. Tell us a little bit about that and who's going to be there. We've had some of the guests on recently, but to please share a little bit about that and how people can get this information to their pastors. Oh, sure. Well, David, just so your listeners will know if they don't, our, our Liberty Pastor training camps are designed to teach pastors the nuts and bolts of how to become a, a black robe regiment preacher in their church. And just so the people will, will know, the black robe regiment was the preachers of the 18th century, and it's what the British called them. And these guys connected the dots, and they understood that government, civil government, is an institution of God and that the Bible has a lot to say about it and that Christians ought to be involved. So they preached it from their pulpits. And then, of course, when the, the British you know, push came to shove and the uh, colonies uh, declared their independence, these guys recruited men from their churches, their communities, and many of those guys let them off onto the battlefields to fight. Or guys like John Witherspoon were members of the Continental Congress and all that. So that's what the Black Robe Regiment is. And we're trying to get pastors engaged because we believe, just as it always has been, the church is the answer. But we are also the conscience of, of the culture. And if the pulpit goes silent, then there's no conscience. There's yep. no one there to remind people that there is evil and that there is good and that there is this this age-long battle between good and evil and that the Lord wants us to, to engage in this fight. And pastors over the last 75 or 100 years have been taught separation of church and state, which is a lie. Yes. And they've been, they've been pushed into political correctness instead of biblical correctness, and they're worried about causing controversy in their churches. So we do this training camp to teach pastors how to address these issues from their pulpits and how to be uh, the tip of the spear and, it, it, and they don't have to compromise preaching the gospel. This is a part of the gospel. It, yes. It's not doing this instead of the gospel. So we, we do these training camps. We're going to do it down in Houston this time. The Woodlands is just north of Houston. And we have all kinds of guest speakers. Of course, Paul and myself will be teaching not only from a biblical perspective, from, but, but from the fact that we live this and do it. We're not, it. This is not theory to us. We've done it. I even ran for governor in Oklahoma. Yep. So I've, I've been engaged up to my eyeballs. Uh, but we have all kinds of uh, guests and, and people that, that know exactly what they're talking about. They're experts in their field. Everyone from Matt Staver, who is the head of Liberty Council, one of the preeminent attorneys in the country that defends Christians and understands the church and tax issues about as well as anybody. Uh, we'll have Dr. Lee Merritt there to, to talk about how the left is using COVID. COVID's real. We all know that. You know it. You just got over it. <laughs> but they're using the overreaction to, yes. it, to, to steal away, strip away liberties. Uh, we, we have guys like Alex Newman who help us to understand how the globalist uh, strategy is being implemented by the modern left. Uh, we have Dr. Rick Scarborough, who used to pastor down in the Houston area, that has just been a stalwart uh, a soldier for the Lord and, and just incredible. We have uh, guys talking about critical race theory. And then we also talk about the nuts and bolts. You know, wh what about separation of church and state? Where did that come from? What about the IRS and, and the church and the 501c3 status and the Johnson Amendment? And what about Romans 13? Did Paul really say that we have to knuckle under no matter what if we're Christians? We deal with all of these things. Plus, I do the Bringing Back the Black Robe Regiment presentation on the opening evening, which is a dramatic presentation that folks really need to see because I, I act out on stage and become some of those pastors, and, and you've seen it, and so... Uh, it um, it can motivate people. So we'd encourage anybody, man, it, it come, get your pastor to come or church leaders. Uh, we'd, we'd love to have them. And that is September 12th through the 15th. Go to libertypastors.com. We're going to ask Dan Fisher a little bit more about that when we come back. Plus, talk about Arthur Pulowski and a couple Canadian pastors who've been bold in their stance and they've been punished for it. And... Hobby Lobby, there's a case that may have national implications based on the transgender ideology. That's next. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth 
with David Fiorazzo. Our guest today is Pastor Dan Fisher, Fairview Baptist Church in Edmond, Oklahoma, and part of Liberty Pastors. Uh, I really want to encourage you. We have been talking about trying to bring Dan up to Northeast Wisconsin, and he can give his black-robed regiment presentation at a couple different churches if we can get you guys to notify your pastor and see if there's any interest and we would love to get him up here for like a Friday night, a Saturday night, and a Sunday morning, if possible. One of the best weekends is the end of October, which I think it's October 29th through the 31st. So if you think that you or your church or your pastor might be able to be involved with bringing Dan Fisher up for this excellent presentation on bringing back the black-robed regiment, um, please give us a holler here. Go to Dan's website. It's danfisherbrr.com. Danfisherbrr.com. Dan, anything you'd like to add to that? Well, David, I just uh, we go all over the country, and we speak in a lot of churches, and the people are always just simply overwhelmed. Uh, the, the, the bottleneck is always the, the leadership of the church, but particularly the pastor. And so the people really need to urge their pastor to take a look at this. We have all kinds of references. If the pastor says, well, I don't know, Dan, oh, my goodness, they could call David here on this program. I've got a ton of references that they can call. I know David yes. Barton. I, I mean, all these guys would recommend us, and so we'd be happy to help the people, to help their pastor to feel comfortable in having us. We'd love to, we'd love to come up into Wisconsin. And we'll try to make that happen, friends. Start spreading the word now because it's already the end of August. Um, Dan, this is what was fascinating. A, a, a week ago, almost a week ago, last Tuesday, we were blessed to have Pastor Tim Stevens on the podcast. Yeah. He's one of the several uh, Canadian pastors and church leaders who kept their churches open against government orders. He was arrested twice, put in prison um, twice, and possibly is going to go back again because they seem to say that uh, the Canadian government might want to make examples out of these men of God who wanted to obey Christ rather than man. But it's fascinating to me. I, I made this connection, Dan. You probably have too. Pastor Tim Stevens is the pastor at Fairview Baptist Church in Calgary. Yeah, I know. And you guys, I'm going. What is it with Fairview Baptist Church? Yeah. I thought that was funny. I know they don't. They don't like that name. There's something <laughs> about it that really upsets them. <laughs> well, you guys recently, I think a week or two ago, had Pastor Arthur Palowski. One of the, not one of the first pastors that stood, but he was one of the most bold that was calling the government yeah. communists and Nazis for coming into his church, trying to, you know, impose on his services or shut him down. Uh, share with us a little bit about just having Arthur Pulaski at your church, uh, Fairview yeah. Baptist Church in Edmond. Well, one of the reasons that Arthur is so vocal and so bold, you know, he comes from uh, Poland. Mm -hmm. And he understands firsthand what what communism and Marxism looks like. He he has experienced it in his own life. Yep. So when he when he went to Canada, obviously he was trying to get away from all of that, and now he sees the same thing in Canada. And you know the, these other guys like James and and Tim. I mean, obviously they've stood bold and praised God for them, but they've never seen communism up front and as close as Arthur had. So that's one of the reasons why he he was so vocal. But yeah, Arthur, um, he was the guy that ran him out of his church at Easter yeah. because they they came in and interrupted an, an Easter celebration, and he called them Gestapo's and everything else. And yeah. then they came back about a week or two later, and he ran them off again. And then they uh, arrested him on the freeway, he and his brother, while they were uh, going home after church. And uh, he, he's just he's just standing for what's right. You know, obviously, if people want to wear masks, that's fine. But in Canada, they've shut churches down, and, and he said, you, you just don't have the right to do that. When he was in our church, of course, our people loved him. He's a very genuine guy. I, I really liked getting to know him. Uh, he tells me that unless a miracle occurs, the way they, uh, the way the Canadian government has twisted their constitution and their uh, what we'd call Bill of Rights, they, it's kind of like elastic. There, they can bend it and stretch it however mm -hmm. they want. He thinks that he may spend four years in in jail 
unless some miracle happens. And, of course, you know, James Coates, one of the other pastors, he spent a month in jail. Yep. Yep, amazing. And, uh, you know, we like to say, you know, what happens in Canada doesn't stay in Canada. What happens in California <laughs> what doesn't stay in California. Um, it's going to be, I think, a little bit more prevalent because I don't think these health concerns, these issues, which are never the issue, the issue is the revolution. But I don't think this right. medical tyranny is going to go away uh, Dan, with no, travel, with vaccine passports, we've got colleges demanding the students be vaccinated before they can come back to classes. We've got employers, um, fight. we've even got hospitals and healthcare yeah. systems, set, you know, putting this demand on a lot of healthcare workers who are a lot of them are rebelling against this. Where do you see this going? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, David, the thing is, you know, the numbers. You've you've informed your listeners, COVID is a part of the coronavirus family same thing as the common cold and the flu it's terrible no one wants it but but the recovery rate is 99.8 percent mm-hmm. you know they're putting these masks on these little kids in school well in 2020 according to the cdc there were almost 41,000 deaths of children 11 years old and younger in 2020 out of those almost 41,000 as sad as it is, there were 197 COVID deaths, even if you believe that all of those were actually COVID deaths because they've been falsifying the numbers. But if you just look at that, 197 out of almost 41,000, 11 years old and younger died last year, only 197, that's less than one-half of 1%. Mm. The fact is COVID is just another coronavirus, whether it's man-made or not, that we're just going to have to learn to live with. Yeah. You know, if we had reacted this way to every other virus that we've ever experienced, life in America would not even exist. So our question's going to have to be, are we going to live life under a lockdown? Are we going to go through life the rest of our days wearing masks and all that? Are we just going to, like I say, life's a risk, take it. <laughs> are we just going to go ahead and, you know, and deal with it? I mean, it's, it's here to stay, but these guys are using this. To, to you know to clamp down on us hey let me add something david sure it ha- the, the the people going to jail is not limited to canada i have a good friend who's a pastor down in baton rouge his name is tony spell he was arrested 33 times sometimes under house arrest where he couldn't leave his own home wow and uh and the only, and his only crime is he wouldn't shut his church down he fought all the way through the Louisiana court system, lost basically at every turn, finally got to the U.S. federal court system, and at the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals, I was there when they heard the case. I, I was part of a rally outside the courthouse. Uh, he was exonerated, and they've now uh, remanded the case back to the state level and said, you've not got to only exonerate this guy, you've got to pay him damages. Mm. But here's a pastor in America, in Baton Rouge, he was looking at 18 years in prison if he was found guilty because he wouldn't shut his church down. And that's that's in Louisiana. In America, yes. This is yeah. what's concerning to a lot of our listeners, and um, I think the pastors are going to be faced with a decision to make. And this kind of brings in your book on Romans 13, An Unlimited Submission, a lot of church leaders in America would say they did the right thing last year by by just taking the title non-essential and shutting down, which is yeah. amazing to me because yeah. the Church of Jesus Christ is absolutely essential <laughs> for the spiritual health and the health of our survival as a free republic under God. But, Dan, let's talk a little bit about that because there is this yeah. misunderstanding of Romans 13 and submitting to whatever the government would say. Sure, sure. Well, remember the title, Unlimited Submission, and you know this, has a question mark after it. Yes. Because I'm asking the question, is that what Paul taught? And by the way, uh, yeah, the spiritual health of people is critical, and even our framers understood that. George Washington, John Adams, all of them said that without morality, you cannot have a self-governing people because they're too corrupt, and the only way that you can have morality is to have Christianity taught. And Benjamin Franklin said that the more corrupt people become, the more need they have of people to control them. So, uh, you know, even, even um, uh, I believe his name is Robert Winthrop, who ended up being a, a congressman and then a Speaker of the House, 
He said, your men are either going to be ruled by the Bible or the bayonet, so just take your choice. Mm-hmm. So religion is not only important, or faith is not only important, the Christian faith, to, to get people from here to heaven, but we cannot have a government of, by, and for the people, a republic, if we're so corrupt that we don't accept certain moral standards. So that's critical. So when we talk about Romans 13, pastors have always used it, most pastors anyway, to say that Paul was saying no matter what the government says or does, you're a Christian, you've got to knuckle under, we need to be peaceful. And of course we ought to be law-abiding, mm-hmm. peace-loving people. But I believe that Romans 13, Paul is saying that we are to submit to a proper government. And, and he defines proper government as government that, that punishes the bad guys and rewards the good guys. Yes. And we also have to remember that Paul was writing in a time when people were not living in a representative republic like we do. We live in a country that has a very, very rare kind of government. Mm-hmm. The government is not in Washington, D.C. The government is not at your state capital in Wisconsin or mine here in Oklahoma. Amen. The government is the people. So if we're going to abide by Romans 13, just literally, as some of these guys do, well then, yeah, we submit to the people, not because the people are the government. Uh, people in Washington and in our state capitals work for us. Well, it's very different from the kind of government that Paul and the apostles lived under. But but Paul then qualifies that if a government does the right thing and punishes the bad guys and rewards the good guys, they become a minister of God. God uses government because government is God's idea. But could we possibly believe that the Ayatollah or Adolf Hitler were ministers of God? Good grief, no. That's why Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the Lutheran preacher in in Germany in, in the 1940s, not only resisted the Nazis, but he actually uh, played a role in the attempts to assassinate Hitler. Amen. He understood right. that government had become a tyranny. Yep. So, no, Romans 13 doesn't say that we're to roll over and play dead. I, I think Dietrich Bonhoeffer is a, a great example of a man of God who tried to live according to that Christian worldview and act accordingly sure. because of what not only his many great quotes, silence in the face of evil is itself evil, yeah. but of what his actions that he took. And uh, um, uh, well, so were the so were the Hebrew midwives. Y- yes, uh, in the book of Exodus, or or Daniel and his three buddies who refused to obey the government. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there, there's examples all through Scripture. There's examples all through history. Look at Martin Luther King and the Civil Rights Movement in the 1960s, refusing to submit to Jim Crow laws and and all of the discrimination. Uh, He was right in doing that, and yet he was breaking the the laws of that day. Uh, Thank God that he did. Yes. (laughs) Amen, brother. Hey, uh, we have uh, five minutes left here, or five or six minutes, and... I wanted to get your thoughts on this issue that's not another issue that's not going to go away. Um, you know, the LGBTQ plus, whatever they want to add right. to it. The T has always been in there, and we've seen it rolled out in the last five to ten years. There's a court case that came down uh, last week, uh, national implications, Hobby Lobby loses legal battle on transgender yeah. bathrooms. Um, yeah. Dan, the court ruled against Christian-owned Hobby Lobby, stating that yeah. they discriminated and violated the human rights of a biological male who sought to use the women's bathroom due to his claimed gender identity. So they're on the line for $220,000 for emotional distress. But this uh, court stated that they disregarded Illinois law by not allowing this man, an employee, uh, to use the women's facilities. So uh, this is a disappointing turn because most of these cases have come down on the side of religious freedom. But I would just want to get your thoughts on this case and uh, others that have been in the news recently. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, David, what what is happening is the church has been silent for so long and has grown so compromised and corrupt. We are now living in a Romans 1 culture, and I mean Romans chapter 1, where God says that he gives them over to all of the kind of debased things that you can possibly imagine. 
So the reality of it, David, is unless the church stands back up and God brings some kind of spiritual renewal, Mm -hmm. this is not the end of this. Right. Uh, We we are living in a Romans world, uh, Romans one world, post Christian world. You know, the Equality Act that every Democrat in the U.S. House of Representatives has co-sponsored has already passed the House, and the Equality Act would make sexual orientation, which is nothing more than a sin of choice. People are born male or female. They're born, you know, with their skin color, but their their sexual activities are activities of choice. So you, you, you don't have to commit adultery. You can say no, but they're going to make sexual practice part of the Civil Rights Act of 1964. And so far, they've not been able to get enough votes in the Senate to get it passed. If they do, under the Biden administration, it will become illegal for a pastor, a Christian pastor, to refuse to do a wedding of a same-sex couple. Mm -hmm. Uh, The pastor could probably go to jail or pay fines. They'll be able to sue these churches into oblivion. It will be the end of religious liberty as we know it in America. So, so the Hobby Lobby case is so critical because what they're now saying is Hobby Lobby has to violate their religious faith convictions yeah. and allow a male to go to a female's bathroom, which on its face, they're always saying, trust the science. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's the most unscientific position that anybody could ever have. We all know that there are two genders. There are not 60 or 80 or 90. There are two, male and female. I understand that some people have gender confusion and they've sinned or they've got some kind of problem in their lives, mm-hmm. but that doesn't change the facts. They are male and female. So they're always saying, trust the science, follow the science, and yet when it serves their purpose, they ignore science. Yes. So this is, a, this is an appalling moment, and the church needs to be speaking out about it and rather than knuckling under. And of course, David, you know most pastors... They don't even even preach that homosexuality is a sin anymore. They they claim that that was just Paul's bigoted position, and that you know when he wrote about it in places like First Corinthians or Romans one, he was just a homophobe. And so you you've got this going on in the church today, and then the rest of the church is pretty much silent. So we've got to speak out. If we don't, what happened to Hobby Lobby? is just a preview of coming attractions. Yes, and you're not exaggerating, by the way, about the Equality Act, because they've been trying to push that for years, and they're not going to stop. And this is No, they, they're not going to stop. Yeah, they probably have the best odds right now as far as the support yeah. for this bill, but it is a radical one, and nobody talks about the risks uh, to the safety and privacy of women uh, and and uh, young, young girls. And children. You know, yeah, in these restrooms and locker rooms and dressing rooms and... Uh, oh, we need a lot of help, but uh, it's got to start with the church, friends. Hey, we have Pastor Dan That's Fisher right. on the line. Uh, I've got to talk a little bit more about uh, critical theory when we come back, critical race theory, because that's not going away. More on Stand Up For The Truth in just a minute. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. Our guest is Pastor Dan Fisher from Fairview Baptist Church, Edmond, Oklahoma. We just got done talking about the transgender uh, movement, the, the agenda, what uh, some would call the gender surrender, um, based on uh, just kind of backing away from the teachings in church about God and creation and male and female, and family and marriage. But let's move on now, Dan. Uh, First of all, by the way, you guys, we have Dr. Lee Merritt on tomorrow. And if you have any questions about health, vaccines, treatments for COVID, anything else that you want clarified, send me an email so we can ask Dr. Lee Merritt tomorrow. Comments at standupforthetruth.com. Comments at standupforthetruth.com. So, Pastor Dan, uh, we... Also know that another thing that's not going to go away, and this is one of the issues, uh, is critical race theory. This goes back about a hundred years to uh, even the, um, <coughs> excuse me, uh, John Dewey bringing over um, some Fabian socialists and Marxists from Germany, from Europe, in the 1930s in America, getting them into Columbia University and other places. And let's go through some basic points to just reinforce what I think most of our listeners might understand 
But we need to know how to have these conversations because this is not only in the university system and has been for almost a century. It's not only in Hollywood and corporations. It is now seeping into the church and education, public education in America. So, Dan, some background on this Marxist-driven critical theory. Marx, of course, was the, the original intent was economics. It was driven by economics and um, now it's turned into those with power and those without power or those who are oppressors and those who are oppressed. And the left is using this to divide people based on identity, based on groups, and now they've added race to this. And people need to know how to respond. So I'd love for you to just share some of your thoughts on this uh, indoctrination that's spreading throughout our society. Sure, David. Well, first of all, uh, Marx's plan in using economic status didn't work here in America mm-hmm. because we have a free market, we're a capitalist-driven uh, economy, and people have the ability to make whatever they want to of themselves. And so that didn't work here in America. They tried it, it just didn't work. But the whole idea of Marxism is the idea that you have a very small governing elite And, of course, they have everything. They have the money. They have the property. They live high on the hog. And then you have all of the other masses that are just the common uh, worker, the peasant, and, and that's their whole ideology. And so what they always try to do is they try to get people to identify themselves in some group and then they try to get that group to believe that they're oppressed. Mm -hmm. And you've got this oppressor and you have the oppressed. And the whole reason for this is to to divide the society, because if you can destabilize a stable society, then you can bring the the rabble-rousers, the community organizers in, and you can break up that culture. And then in the midst of all the chaos, the the big government guys, the, the, the very ones who caused the trouble, then come in and say, well, we've got the solution, and the solution is government. And... And, and they'll, people, because they're in chaos and they're, they're, their livelihoods are being threatened and society is broken down, they'll surrender their liberties mm. for a little bit of safety and peace. And so this is, this is, they use this over and over and over. If you look at the history of Marxism, that, that, that's their, their uh, MO every, in every country where Marxism has ever prevailed. But you'll also find the other MO, and that is, that the only thing that everybody shares in common at that time is poverty. L- look at what has happened to Venezuela. Yeah, uh, used to be an incredibly uh, uh, prosperous country. It's now third world. People are eating their pets. I mean, it's just it's terrible mm. yeah. what has happened there. And uh, Marxism guarantees this. And so what they're doing in America is since they couldn't get the economic divisions to work like they wanted it to. They've landed on things like race and gender. They're just trying to divide people, and and it it works to some degree, especially when people are uninformed. Yes. When people don't know, and they get to thinking, man, I guess we really are oppressing these blacks, or we're really oppressing these people. They don't have the right to express themselves sexually. Well, the truth is nobody's oppressed. Uh, Everybody in a free uh, uh, republic have the opportunity to make of themselves whatever they want as long as they abide by the law. Mm. And look at, we, we have a black president, we have a black, uh, 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 I can't remember uh, all the, the different positions in Obama's administration where there were blacks. We've had a black Secretary of State in Condoleezza Rice. Uh, you have all, blacks can rise to the highest levels in America if they aspire to. They're yeah. not oppressed. Yeah, look at pro sports. But, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but they use this, and so the, the 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 people who are uninformed they get to thinking, well, I guess I guess the man does have them down, and they begin to divide. Or people like us who see it for what it is say, my gosh, this is so wrong. But but they succeed in in agitating yeah. and causing this destabilization, and that's what they're up to. That's what they're trying to do. It's interesting. So when you tell little kids in school that because you're white, you're born with white privilege, and you're automatically racist, and you're an oppressor, and your country's bad, 
and all they teach is, is the perceived flaws in America. And we're not perfect. America has made mistakes, but that's all they teach when these little kids are in kindergarten all the way up. It shouldn't surprise us that by the time they graduate high school or in college, they hate America. Yeah. Uh, they believe that all whites are racist, and they're going around with white guilt apologizing that they were born uh, with lighter colored skin, l- less melanin in their skin. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yep. Um, it's interesting. Uh, you're not exaggerating because there was a poll that came out last year uh, at the end of the summer. I think it was those under 35, if I remember right, the people under 35 – 58%, this is almost 60% of this age group, 58% said that rioting, vandalism, theft, and destruction of property were justified last year because of racial injustice. Yeah. When you've got a, a young a generation of people believing that lawlessness is justified for any cause, you've got a problem. But yeah. use the word destabilization, Dan, and perpetual conflict is what we've seen over the decades. Yeah. But when we saw President Trump come on the scene and say America will never be a globalist nation, game on. We've seen perpetual yeah. conflict ever since. Exactly right. And this is what they're yeah. using. And now they're using intersectionality, which measures oh, the, your level of oppression based on what group you're in. Um, and yeah. uh, let's just clarify a couple things that Christianity and Marxism cannot coexist. Christianity no. would unify and teach to love our neighbor. Marxism would divide and it really produces angst and resentment and coveting and a survival of the fittest mentality, which is not Christian. Uh, Dan, your thoughts on, on those? It's a stark contrast. It's, a, it's a, an incredibly stark contrast. Here's the deal. Those people that, that said that all this rioting, everything was justified, I'll bet you uh, none of their stuff was burned. That's right. See, I, have found, I have found that people that say there's no such thing as a moral absolute, the moment you do something immoral to them, they automatically start believing in moral absolutes. <laughs> So these people that say, I don't believe, you know, in in these moral standards, will steal something from them and see how quickly they believe stealing is wrong (laughs) or lie to them and see how quickly they believe that lying is wrong. Mm -hmm. The reason these people do this is because they're untouched by it. See, it's it's far and away, and it's, it's not their business being burned. It's not their city being vandalized. It's somebody else's, and so, you know, it's okay. Um, the, The whole idea... Once again, David, is is control. These people hate freedom. Mm-hmm. They hate America because it's a republic. But I think even greater, they hate America because we have been a bastion for Christian thought and the gospel. And yes. that's the real that's the bottom line. Yep. So if you look at so if you look at the Chicoms, look how they have these social credits that they give people, and you, you, you're able to either travel on mass transit or do other things based upon your social credit score. That's already happening in America with corporations. There are already banks that they're not uh, actually enforcing it, but they're voluntarily giving people their credit scores, their, their social credit scores now when they're applying for loans. Well, they're tipping their hat to what is about to happen. Mm-hmm. All of this is to shut down those whose beliefs and behaviors they don't agree with. And guess who's going to get the lowest social credit scores? Conservatives and Christians. Yep. Voila. Surprise. Yep. The very ones they hate the most. Yep. And it's uh, it's almost justifiable in the left's mind to discriminate against uh, those of us who are Christians. And, yeah, it, we're going to see more of this. We are just trying to prepare people for how to respond, not to be shocked by it, because how could we be shocked understanding the spiritual dynamic and the Antichrist spirit of the age that's driving this? How could we be shocked by anything that evil man would do? They need to hear the gospel and be saved. But we we should be prepared, and we should be able to know how to respond to these things. Uh, Dan, if I can say something here real quick. Yep, wrap wrap it up. Most people... Most Christians and conservatives live in a world where this stuff is not the norm, and it's hard for them to believe this is really happening. Yes. They've got to get outside of their shell and realize 
outside their safety zone, this stuff's really happening. Amen. Good advice. Uh, Dan Fisher, thank you so much. Uh, we look forward to uh, hearing more about the Liberty Pastors Conference, which is coming up in uh, Texas, uh, Houston, in a couple of weeks. Also, another reminder, we do want to get a couple churches involved in bringing Dan to Wisconsin for the Black Robe Regiment uh, presentation. And you can contact me here at the station. We're going to try to make that happen, God willing. And, uh, brother, I just appreciate you and Paul your ministry, and uh, I love you guys, and we want to pray for you, your ministry, not only the church, but what you're doing, trying to get pastors to engage. So God bless you and your ministry. Well, David, Thanks for your time. Thank you, and, and and tell people to go to my website, danfisherbrr.com, if they want more information about what we do. Great. We're done. We'll put that in today's podcast notes as well at standupforthetruth.com. Talk to you soon. God willing, Dan. Thank you, man. Good to talk to you. All right. Thank Bye. you. All right, uh, when we come back, I, I want to remind you, first of all, that uh, Dr. Lee Merritt is on tomorrow. And if you have any questions, please email me so I can ask her live on the podcast tomorrow. Dr. Lee Merritt, any question about COVID, about vaccines, about um, what's in some of the vaccines, which I heard her presentation at the conference last month in Oklahoma, and what is in some of the vaccines is very surprising. So if you have any questions about even ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, other treatments or protocols for COVID, please email comments at standupforthetruth.com. All right, when we come back, we'll let you know who our guests are the rest of the week. And um, um, also, we've got uh, a really good report uh, coming out on uh, just just your interaction with us over the past uh, several weeks has been amazing. Thank you for sharing this podcast. So when we come back, we'll let you know our guests the rest of this week. Stand Up For The Truth, a ministry of Lakeshore Communications Incorporated. Keep the discussion going on social media. Stand Up WI on Facebook and Twitter. Now we wrap up today's Stand Up For The Truth. Okay, the NazarenePhone.org is what we talked about at the very beginning of today's podcast, helping out Christians in Afghanistan. And you can get more uh, there, the NazarenePhone.org. What a blessing to have Pastor Dan Fisher on. And uh, tomorrow, Dr. Lee Merritt. On Wednesday, you will hear from Lieutenant General William Boykin. And, of course, he's with the Family Research uh, Council. Also, Brad Matz. Uh, the Issues of Life, uh, talking about that on Thursday. And Neil Mammon on Friday, he is with EBLM, or Every Black Life Matters. And uh, J.B. Hickson next week. We've just got a loaded schedule now. We're trying to reschedule a handful of the guests that we had to uh, postpone because uh, I was out for a week or week and a half, whatever that was. But I appreciate your prayers. Hey, listen to this. My voice lasted the whole hour. It's not as raspy as it has been. Um, so thank you guys so very much for your prayers. We really appreciate it. And uh, keep in touch with us. And remember, Bob, getting Dan Fisher here is going to require two, three churches and uh, your help. So if you're interested, get a hold of me here at the station, and we'll try to make that work for hopefully the last weekend in October. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. God bless you. And as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.